Come gather round the campfire and hear our ghostly tales of chilling terrors, darkest woes, and anything that goes bump in the night. So cuddle up with your best friend or dare it alone. The darkness is closing in and spirits are calling your name. This is Fireside Phantoms. Hello, hello. So today is my turn to do paranormal and paranoid news. Yay. And I got a couple stories whipped together here for you. Uh, pretty interesting stuff, really. Some of them. We're going to try to get a whole variety of things. So the first thing I wanted to talk to you about is um, there's a new tarot deck coming out. And you know how you and I love the tarot. Is um, this what you're getting me for Christmas? No, this is not. Oh. This is not the okay. one I was going to get you for Christmas. The one I'm getting you for Christmas, I've already ordered. It'll be here tomorrow. But um, oh, uh, this one is a Kickstarter tarot deck, and it is by a guy named Greg Bishop and Miguel Romero. Mm-hmm. Um, the two have decided to combine their love for UFO lore with the tarot. Oh, they call it the UFOlogy tarot. The UFOlogy tarot. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Um, it's a pretty cool deck. Um, they were asking 12300 for creating the deck, but have already hit their goal, and they're actually racking in 16363 with 180 backers. That's great. That's very good. They've their got artwork some... must be pretty cool. Their artwork is cool. In fact, I should pull up so you can see what it looks like. Um, I like them. It's very... Um... Space cadet Yeah, space cadet Um, Kind of Star Trek almost, really. Yeah, a lot of blues and grays yeah. in it. So um, anyway, they've already hit their goal. They have 180 backers, which isn't too bad, which means they have some pretty big contributors to their uh, to that. And so, uh, but they were recently interviewed by George Knapp for Mystery, mysterywire.com. Um, they said they feel like the UFO lore really fits well with the context of the tarot and speaks to the subconscious like the tarot does. Can you speak to aliens when you're doing the tarot? Uh, maybe. Um, so I just wanted to kind of get into this and see how badly I've written this. So far, uh, the tarot cards that they have revealed have been from the major arcana because that's what they're doing first. They're, mm. This is just for the, the, the money they're raising is just for the major arcana part of the deck. Okay. I think eventually they'll do the whole thing, but right now that's what they're working on. Um, uh, so they include the emperor, which, and this is what they've shown so far. Uh, the emperor, which features author, Dr. Joseph Allen Hynek, who was originally part of project blue book, the government's top secret investigation into UFOs, Mm -hmm. though originally he was a UFO debunker. Hynek eventually became a hardcore UFO investigator and even invented the classification system behind UFO encounters. Uh, they also have Whitley Stryber, who is the fool. Stryber is an author and supposedly was abducted by, quote, non-human beings, unquote, from his cabin in upstate New York in 1985. At that time, he was already a very successful author with a couple of his books being made into films. But after his abduction experience, he wrote about it in a book called Communion mm-hmm. and sold it as nonfiction. It reached number one on the New York Times bestseller list and sold more than two million copies. Yeah, that was a fascinating story. Did you read that? Mm-hmm. Um, do you believe him? I do. I do. Yeah. It's very compelling. Cool. Then they have scientist and author Jacques Vallée. He is depicted as the magician. 
Valet was known for suggesting that visitations from entities could be from anywhere, including any dimension beyond our own, and that they can live upon the earth undetected among people. UFO researcher and author Anne Druffel is represented in the card of strength. Mm-hmm. Druffel is a member of MUFON, the Mutual UFO Network, since 1973. She is an investigator for NICAP, the National Investigation Committee on Aerial Phenomena, since 1957, and has authored several books on UFOs, including Firestorm, Dr. James E. McDonald's Flight from for UFO Science, and How to Defend Yourself Against Alien Abduction, <laughs> which I think I'd like to read. How because do you defend yourself against it? How do you? Yeah, it's a how-to manual. It seems but to what be. if you want to be abducted? Then you don't read that book. All right. And you just wait outside and see what happens, I guess. Mm-hmm. And finally, well-known abductees, Betty and Barney Hill, represent the lovers. Of course, Betty and Barney Hill's story is mm-hmm. one of the most well-known among UFO stories. The couple claims that they encountered a UFO on their drive home from Niagara Falls in September of 1961. Their story was the first major UFO story to be publicized. Uh, that is a story that I'll go into at a later time because it's such a big story. I thought, well, I'll just cover that here. And then I started going into it. I'm like, oh, my God, no. This is its own episode. So one day I'll do a Betty and Barney Hill episode. Um, so if you're interested in checking out this tarot deck or at least the major Akina part of it, it should be ready by the time this airs. Uh, we will link to the Kickstarter page if you have any interest in checking this out. So you can see how to get it, how to order it and all that stuff. I think that sounds otherworldly <laughs> i know it was pretty cool they got interviewed by georgie knapp my oh, cool. my georgie yeah. knapp and yeah. uh, they talked about why they were inspired but the one guy was super good at um ufo stuff and the other guy was the artist and they just put their heads together and said oh i know let's make a ufo themed tarot deck it's pretty cool guys you should check out the artwork the art it's is pretty, pretty cool yeah so do you remember um a while back when i was telling you that uh bigelow that guy that multi-billionaire dude was mm-hmm. having the contest about essays in the afterlife mm-hmm. well apparently the contest has come to a close and they have picked some winners who are the winners so let me tell you yeah it's robert bigelow so he came up with this contest and he was offering five hundred thousand dollar reward to whomever could produce the best essay proving our consciousness survives death and that there is indeed an afterlife after all there was going to be a three hundred thousand dollar reward to the next place winner and then fifty thousand each to the next 11 winners well the essays were submitted and reviewed and they have picked their winners bigelow said they had 1200 applicants from over 40 countries that's a lot it's a lot and upon review of all the essays submitted the panel which included six writers and academics as the judges told him that there were at least 14 more essays that were good enough to also be recognized so each of those entries were rewarded with twenty thousand each oh wow so he spent a lot of money on this thing um the top winner was a guy named jeffrey mishlove who was a parapsychologist out of new mexico his essay beyond the brain The Survival of Human Consciousness After a Permanent Bodily Death won the top prize unanimously by the judges. He put together a presentation of sorts that included video and testimonies of people who had had near-death experiences, reincarnation, and other evidence. So they talked about different case studies that included all of those things. Mm -hmm. Apparently, Mr. Mishlov has a YouTube presence in which he interviews people on similar subjects. I haven't seen it, but I'm going to go look for it and see what what he does Mm -hmm. and what he talks about. The second prize went to a Dr. Pim Van Lummel, a Dutch cardiologist who did a near-death study of people who had died of heart attacks and were brought back via resuscitation. 
His essay was called The Continuity of Consciousness, a concept based on scientific research on near-death experiences during cardiac arrest. And finally, the third place winner was a British historian and sociologist named Leo Rookby called The Ghost in the Machine, or I'm sorry, The Ghost in the Time Machine, oh. but they don't go into detail about what his was about. All of the winning essays will be published on the website for Bigelow Institute of Conscious Studies, or BICS, within the next few weeks. Uh, Bigelow also wants to publish all the essays into a multi-volume book that he will distribute to hospitals, hospices, churches, etc. for free, which is a really nice touch. I think so, too. I think when you're at your last stages of life, it's nice to have that hope that there's something beyond your pain. And you're going to read all these stories about other people and their experiences. And I could see Mm -hmm. how that would be a nice thing. Very comforting. Very comforting. So if you are interested in contributing to another essay contest about the afterlife, stay tuned to the BICS website as they might have another essay contest in 2022. Bigelow says they haven't decided yet if they will, but it's a great way to incentivize more scientists and other interested people to study it and find out as much information as possible. And perhaps someday we will have definitive proof of the afterlife. I like it. There's a book called Viacus, Caribbean UFO cover-up of the third kind by a guy named George Martin. And this is an interesting story. Um, It's an alien story. He recounts the many strange stories regarding UFOs that have come out of the island of Viacus, which is a small area off of Puerto Rico. Hmm. One such encounter with a UFO is when a large object emerged from the ocean, Carol, and flew up into space while it was being watched by a space shuttle. As it approached the shuttle, it veered off and it disappeared. So that's one thing that they've seen from space, these things coming up out of the oceans and flying off. Martin uh, goes on to say that many policemen, U.S. Navy personnel, Vayaka's government employees, pilots, fishermen, residents, etc. have seen and reported things in the sky or coming out of the ocean that are not of this world. I believe that. I mean, I feel like we haven't explored all the depths of the ocean. No. So that's where they hide. It's an easy place to hang out. Or maybe they decided we're done exploring. There's somebody else down here. Yeah. Where do these people come from? Let's get the hell out of here. Uh, Martin says on one day in May of 2000, the U.S. Coast Guard ships blocked the Viacus fishermen from sailing out into the ocean and catching their daily supply of fish. When the Coast Guard was asked why, they said that they were under a classified order from President Bill Clinton, who said Viacus was in a state of rebellion. But there was only like a small peaceful protest happening that day. So that information did not make any sense. In fact, President Clinton had passed down the order under the U.S. National Security Act and said, quote, a situation taking place in Viacus dangerously affected the relations of the United States with another nation, a foreign power, and emphasized that this was a very dangerous to the national security interest of the United States. However, this still did not make any sense to anyone as there were no threatening foreign powers around, nor why should it be classified unless the order was there due to the unidentified flying objects buzzing around their island. Mm -hmm. That was the only thing that really made sense. It is believed that these entities lived in the underground of the El Yonk rainforest on the eastern side of Puerto Rico, as well as under the sea around Puerto Rico's neighbor, Viacus. In 1997, one Viacus police officer saw a big triangular object 
hanging in the sky, complete with yellow lights. Hmm. He said it was 500 feet above the ground and just hovered over the airstrip that belonged to the U.S. Navy. At the time of the ship's appearance, there was no Navy exercises happening at that base. So he had no idea what it was doing there. Why aren't we trying to shoot these things down? Because mm, we I mean, don't know what they are. I mean, they're hovering around our Air Force bases. Um, well, he, he stipulates that he thinks the Navy knows exactly what they are. That and makes the, sense. And that they're in communication with them. Otherwise, yeah. we would be shooting them yeah. down. There he, is no way we would allow, uh, you know, yeah. some foreign aircraft yeah. to be on our military bases right. hovering it's, over them. It's either top secret government issued stuff that he's seen or there's something that communicating already with these people in the Navy. And that's mm -hmm. why they don't they don't attack him. He wasn't the only person who had spotted the ship either. His wife had seen it as well as his sons. They all agreed that the object was huge. He also admitted to seeing UFOs coming out of the sea and then shooting off very quickly into the night sky. He said sometimes they would come out between 9 and 11 p.m. and sometimes around 2 or 3 in the morning. They came out from the sea at a spot right in the middle between Punta Arenas and Roosevelt Road's Naval Station in Ciba. So anyway, he's seen um, this one police officer has seen a lot of UFO sightings down there. <laughs> I was going to say, I know exactly where that is. Not <laughs> <laughs> all those places. For all of those listeners who live out there, yeah. you know what we're you, talking about. You know. You know. You've seen them. Here's another cool. No, I've, oh. I've heard there's a lot of um, strange sightings of lights off of Puerto Rico. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. Here's another fun UFO story from that area. Another witness who worked at Viacus. Uh, said in 1996, he was out fishing when around 9 p.m. he saw several bright spheres of light come from the top of Cerro Ventana, which is the mountain in Viacus. The balls were blue-white light. Don't laugh. They came out of the top of the mountain and they flew out to the sea right over the top of the fishermen. He said that he could hear hissing or whistling as the ships flew by overhead. And yet in another experience, the same witness said the most impressive event, oh, this is quote, the most impressive event was when he encountered a huge object at night while out at sea fishing. He hmm. said, I looked back and saw this huge assorted craft. It came out from the sea near the Playa Grande Lagoon in the south where the Navy's Raytheon radar system is installed. It rose from its position and started moving closer to us. It was extraordinarily huge craft, immense, with many lights all around it. It was a flying saucer, a round dislike craft, but really huge in size. It was at some distance from us, but clearly visible due to its size and the lights it had all over it, yellow, blue, and red lights. The peculiar thing about all this was that the object, the saucer, was taking in water from the sea. Hmm. The water at the sea's surface was swirling in a circle and jumping as if boiling. It was like a whirlpool. It seemed to be going up into the saucer in a column of water. We were all very impressed. It was the first time in my life that I've ever seen anything like this craft. From where we were, it looked like it was about 40 to 50 feet in diameter, and we were about a mile and a half away from it. That can give you some idea of the size, but what impressed me the most was that it was sucking water from the sea, and the water was swirling like in a blender. A mm -hmm. column of bright green light, similar to that of a powerful spotlight, was coming out from under the object. There was a hole there, and the beam came out downwards vertically. The water went up into the saucer through the beam of light. After that, the object flew away to the west at a fantastic speed and disappeared in a matter of seconds. If we analyze the situation more deeply, we can see that these areas are controlled by the U.S. Navy 
and the Navy has never denounced the situation. Hmm. They must have some knowledge of what is taking place. Or it's their Hmm. own experiment. Or it's their own experiment. And what's interesting Hmm. is that they're sucking up the water and it's like in this green light. Yeah. I wonder if they're like purifying it. Something. But apparently the Navy had forced the people of Yakis away from the coastal parts of the island and into the middle. And so there's speculation that they're trying to control or have connection to whatever is around that area. But they're trying to keep the people on the interior of the island. Oh, in another quote, he said, if these things are happening in these areas and the U.S. Navy is somehow involved, it would be very convenient for them to have this take place in these areas because no one would see and know what they are doing there. It very well could also be that the U.S. government and people from the Navy are secretly studying this advanced type of technology, possibly of alien origin in the area of Viacus, mm-hmm. end quote. So there's one more thing I want to talk about this. And the reason I wanted to do this story, do you know where the island of Yakis is? No, I was going to say this Vyakas, where where is this island? It's next to Puerto Rico, which is the Bermuda Triangle, motherfuckers. Yes, it's right there. In that area. It's not in the triangle. It's right to the right of Puerto Rico, which is part of the Bermuda Triangle. Bizarre. Coincidence? No. I think not. We so this Bermuda Triangle thing is where these spaceships are coming out of the yeah. water. There's something about that triangle. There's mm-hmm. something about that area. Oh yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the water thing is? My theory was that maybe they're purifying the water. There. I don't know. Maybe there's some fire they're trying to put out somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's a good one. I don't know. Uh, yeah. Maybe. Maybe, maybe they, they can... that's their way of fishing. They I mean, suck we got a lot of the crap. We got a lot of volcanoes on fire. So yeah, if they could put some of those out, yeah, that'd, that'd be great. Pretty funny. So yeah, I don't know, but um, that's to me like because this guy wrote a whole book about all of the UFO activity and the U.S. naval base being. On the island mm-hmm. um and all the weird stuff that they've seen and how many residents have witnessed stuff and it's right there by puerto rico which is right in the bermuda triangle right. and and we know that's a hot spot for mm. sightings yes um definitely yes. off of puerto rico absolutely uh, that area I, it would be interesting to interview the what do you say the name of the citizens of around Viacus or Viacus, i Viacus. mean the Viacusins, I don't owned, know. Who owns that? Uh, I'm area. assuming it's U.S. Uh, territory because isn't it Puerto Rico is, and yes. so I think it's just probably included in that. Puerto Rico would be my okay. guess. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm not sure about that, but that would yeah. be my guess. Super interesting. Yeah. Yeah, so who knows what's going on out there? So my last story, I really love this story. Um, it's kind of a tearjerker. Um, it is about contact with the other side. Um, There's a writer named Noah Michelson. He's a writer for the Huffington Post. Mm -hmm. Um, And he posted recently a story in October of this year about the passing of his father and his struggle to believe in mediums and their ability to speak to the dead. Yes. He said as a kid, he was always very drawn to the metaphysical world and especially to psychics and mediums as he really wanted to be able to believe in their gifts. However, as an adult, he said he went from psychic to psychic and he was never very impressed. He mm-hmm. always felt like it was like, nah, it was okay, I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but when he, I feel you, man, I feel you. Yeah, yeah. But when he <laughs> turned 28, his father was diagnosed with lung cancer, which was a bit of a fluke as he was not a smoker. He was in good health. Um, 
he he did everything right, but it didn't really seem to matter. He came down with lung cancer and he said within six months, he completely deteriorated and died. And it was terrible and the entire family was devastated. But his mother was the most devastated because he said they had one of those rare romances that most people dream of. He described it as, quote, some perky permanently Christmas decorated laboratory deep within the offices of the Hallmark Channel, end quote, type romance, (laughs) (laughs) which I thought was pretty funny. That's sweet. So his mother sank into a really deep depression when his father died, and she couldn't bear to bring herself to go through any of his things and throw them away. She just was just devastated by his death. She was just stuck in this permanent state of horror and grief. So flash forward a few years and Noah is working for another magazine and they ask him to interview a medium. So he did. And although he doesn't disclose in this article who the medium was, I did look it up and the guy's name is Craig McManus. Mm-hmm. Um, so they did a short video, a fluff piece, and then they did the interview. And then after the interview, the two of them decided to go to lunch And eventually the medium, Craig McManus, asked Noah if he would be interested in a reading for himself so he could see how the process worked. Noah was kind of like, huh, this guy is like got a waiting list of year long and, you know, was kind of like, well, you don't have to. And he's like, no, I can totally do it. It's no problem. So he agreed. And he was really hoping that maybe he'd hear from his dad. Mm -hmm. And like I said, he hadn't had much luck connecting to his father through others and so he was like oh, i'm kind of skeptical but we'll see what happens so um he just decided to listen to what this guy had to say the medium started telling him that there was a short red-haired woman standing behind him saying the word ethel as she pointed to herself and the medium asked him if that was his grandmother well noah said yeah noah didn't want to give any information away to this guy Mm -hmm. because he was afraid he would be able to read his expressions and everything so he just kept a blank face and he said yeah i understand um his father's mother had been a short red-headed woman and though her name was not ethel they did call her ethel as a nickname because she looked just like the actress ethel merman huh Cool. Noah realized there was no way he could have Googled that information. No. So then the medium gave him a lot of other information from past relatives deep into the 1920s and 30s that Noah would have no way of knowing. But finally, he got back around to what Noah really wanted to hear. The medium said that there was a man there standing next to Ethel. The medium said, I believe that it's her son, which would mean it's your dad. Did your dad pass? Noah confirmed that he did. The medium said he had a message from Noah's dad. The message was, tell Ruth I love her. That's when Noah really knew this medium was legit. His mother's middle name was Ruth, and the only one who called her that was his dad. Oh. Mm-hmm. The guy had blown his doors off. Then one last thing he says is, oh, she, he also says, tell Ruth that she can get rid of his ties now. It's time to let them go. <laughs> So, of course, Noah knew his mom had not cleaned out his father's things yet, even though he had been dead for a few years. He had a ton of neckties, too, Hmm. because he had worked as an attorney and he bought ties wherever he went. That was his favorite thing in the world. So after the lunch, Noah called his mom to relay the message he had gotten from his dad. When he told her that his dad had said, tell Ruth I love her, his mom began to cry. Then he said, oh, and the medium said it's time for you to get rid of dad's stuff. And that's when his mom said, well, actually, I did get rid of his stuff a few weeks ago. I took everything to Goodwill. 
And Noah was perplexed by this and wasn't sure what to say. He said, well, that's weird because the message was it's time to get rid of dad's tithes. Then his mother began to sob. After a bit, she was finally able to tell him, I got rid of everything but But his tithes. I couldn't part with them. So... No, so Noah said they both great. started sobbing at that point. He said he has gone to medium since this encounter, but his dad has not shown up again. Yeah, I've I've heard that sometimes they just want to hear that that they're doing well and they want to communicate one last final yeah comfort that they're okay that they're okay yeah and that they love them and it's right. time to move on. I've never heard a message from the other side from a medium that says. They want the person to hang on to them and hang on to their no, memories. No, of course it, not. Yeah. It's never that kind yeah. of like jealousy or yeah. anything on the other side. Yeah. No, not at all. Um, that is a really cool story. Isn't that a cool story? So I when will you good. be booking your appointment with this Craig? Craig McManus, <laughs> you right? Love, you love going to... He's over in um, New Jersey or something mm-hmm. and he's like a wine... He owns a vineyard, oh. but he's also a medium psychic. I don't know. I've never heard of him before, but that 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 was a pretty nailed it. You know, yeah, pretty good. Totally nailed it. Yeah. So that's amazing story. Yeah. So what do you want to do your Artero reading on? Um, what's really going on in the island of Viacus? That would be cool. That'd be one. Um, the other one I did was a tarot deck, which isn't that interesting, and then um. The Bigelow Contest. I don't know. No. We don't have anything to do there. And the Afterlife one. So I guess it's the Island of Biacus, I guess. Island of Biacus. What's really going on there? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, we'll be right back. Okay, we're, we're back. back. All right, Carol. Oh, look, we've got similar tarot cards, yep, Holly. We're, we're doing our salute to Dor- Doreen, Doreen Virtue. Doreen Virtue. Thanks, Doreen. Yes, the angel lady mm-hmm. who decided later in life she doesn't like tarot, even though she <laughs> came out with a bunch of them. Yeah. So um, this one is the angel tarot card deck that I'm using, her, one of her basic ones. And the artwork is designed by Radley Valentine. Thank you for your tarot Virtue contribution. Virtue and Valentine. Isn't that yeah. funny? <laughs> That's so funny. Virtue yeah. and Valentine. That's great. What'd you get? So, yeah, I got the seven of uh, water, which translates to the seven of cups. The Empress, which is a major arcana card, and the Nine of Earth, which is the Nine of Pentacles in regular tarot. I see the first card talking about research. Um, So they're definitely doing some research in that area. The second card, the Empress, is the card of the mother. It is card of um, um, also fertility. So I think they're using this as a way to have renewal either either for themselves or for humanity. Okay. Um, and maybe um, figure out some technology for protection because mothers protect their children, right? Sure. Um, hopefully it's not for pregnancy because that's another <laughs> meaning of the card. It's for pregnancy. Hopefully they're not getting Alien everyone babies. pregnant on the island. <laughs> Alien uh, babies everywhere. <laughs> and then the last card is the nine of pentacles, which tells me that there's going to be some abundance, some beneficial or some uh, gotten from this technology or the area itself is full of resources mm. that the... Um, otherworldly entities or other nations um are competing for right if if this is not from another planet and this is actually some country's technology um they're they're fighting over the the resources right. in that area something in that area like you said the bermuda triangle 
attracts these entities there and it might be some really amazing thing under the water that we don't know about right that they're trying to get by gathering up the yeah. water and all yeah, that yeah there might be huh magic bubbles do you think they're just taking out like a bucket at a time from yeah. the ocean? And then they're analyzing there? it. Is there gold in here? Is there gold in gold here? Panning. Like it's their version of gold panning. Cool. I love <laughs> What'd it. What'd you get? Uh, I got, let's see, I'm also using uh, Doreen Virtue, her animal tarot deck. And again, artwork is by Radley Valentine. Thank you for your tarot contributions. Um, I got the six of winter, which is the uh, same as the six of swords. I got the Five of Winter, which is the Five of Swords, and I got the Prince of Autumn, which I believe is the Prince of Pentacles. So, Six of Winter. Um, it shows this funny cat, and he's on a sailboat, and he's sailing <laughs> over the water. Um, he's traveling. Yeah. So, my feeling is that there have been some moving on. Mm -hmm. Um, there's not as much going on maybe now as there used to be, um, that it's not as a hotbed as it once was. However, in the five of winter, there's still a fight going on over who gets to control the area and mm -hmm. the land. So they're still having some issues. And I think it's probably between the U S Navy and the locals. So I think there's still some conflict over who gets to be where. I don't know how much of the U S Naval base is still there. Hmm. Maybe they've already left, but there is still a conflict over who's going to control that part of the world. Um, and then we end with the Prince of Autumn and in Doreen's card she puts a little synopsis on the bottom of each card to let you kind of know what the card means and in this one it's a seahorse and it says it's important to make a detailed plan before starting any new endeavor once you have that plan in place then you can take immediate action and get as much accomplishment as possible so I think that there is a plan for the area or like you said if if the aliens are going to be giving us new technology or new information that plan is trying to get laid out but there's still a fight over either how that plan is going to get laid out or who's going to control the plan or how it's going to be rolled out or who's going to control the area who what when and how yeah Polly. there's still definitely some conflict about it but uh there is a plan coming and now that the u.s government is started to say yes we know that ufos exist we don't quite know where they are um, it's becoming pretty interesting because maybe when they do say, oh yeah, the aliens gave us this plan, we aren't going to all panic and go, oh, that's right. You mentioned that they're around. <laughs> yeah. You know, they're, they're gently letting us know one little seat at a time that, yeah, we have seen them and we don't know what they are. And then maybe someday they're like, oh yeah, we did make contact and they seem pretty cool. And then one day they'll be like, oh yeah, um, we have a plan from them. They gave us some great information as well as some cranberry jam and some it's cranberry cool. jam yeah and clean water so, and some clean water <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't it be funny if you saw a cow getting swirled oh, yeah. up into the water into the spaceship that'd be funny so yeah that's one thing i want to have answered is what are you what are you doing with our cows Come yeah on. so anyway so that's what i got and of course it, just like in our other tarot readings we have no way of verifying this if this is true or not. isn't that great <laughs> that way we can never be wrong there you go oh, so um fun. no but it's it's fun to learn this way yeah. i think for people who are new to this right it's a, it's a fun way just to kind of see if you can build a story from the cards and and right figure out the interpretation because it is a learning process. It is. It is. It's a fun learning and, process. And how many times have Holly and I drawn very similar spreads? So it does show you right. um, just how incredible these are. Yeah. 
Yeah, they're yeah. very. I, I think that it's very rare that you and I have gotten completely different cards. I don't. And think a lot so. of times we've gotten the same card. And I know that's seventy eight cards. So I don't know what the odds are. One in seventy eight. I don't know. I don't know. But we have definitely done that before too, where we've driven or we've gotten the same cards, or at least one card. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Anyway, that's it for this edition of Paranormal and Paranoid News. Thank we you for hope, listening. Hope you guys have a good night. They have 180 backers, which isn't too bad, which means they have some pretty big contri- contributors in, in my contributors. Contributors. <laughs> contributors. <laughs> All right. Now, my next one is uh, called Aliens in the Island of... <laughs> what? Uh, hold on. As the flames die down, do remain undaunted. Though all hitchhikers are ghosts, and all dolls are definitely haunted. Hey guys, be sure to follow us on Instagram. Our handle is at Fireside Phantoms. If you have a spooky story you would like to share with us, send it to firesidephantoms at gmail.com and you may hear it on a future episode.